Goodbye, Liam. I say, putting the car into reverse and backing out of my parking spot. I bring my hand up to touch the swelling on my left cheekbone as I pull away, and I wince as my fingers grace my tender skin. I hear a pain scream and see him start to run after me, arms pumping. My heartbeat accelerates, but I don't look back. He doesn't deserve it. I eventually lose the shout of him running in the rearview mirror as I drive off. Tears stream down my face, and I grip the steering wheel so hard that I can feel my fingernails digging into the cool leather. I turn on the radio to distract myself from the gaping hole that comes from leaving my boyfriend standing on the side of the road in a place that is completely unfamiliar to him. I can imagine the sound of his sobs, and my heart aches at the thought of the pain he is feeling right now. But I put more pressure on the gas to prevent myself from turning around. The streetlights line the highway as I drive towards the setting sun. Nothing makes sense to me anymore. This morning, I truly thought that we had the chance to fix our relationship. And now, just 12 hours later, I am on the road, to who knows where, trying to escape him. I thought things had changed. I thought this attempt to make things better was different than the other ones. But I was wrong. The van lets out a shrill ding, and I notice that my low fuel light is on. Shit, I mutter under my breath. I get off the highway at the next exit and pull into a speedway. I can smell the pungent gas as I throw my car into park and turn my car off and bury my face in my hands. My body shakes as the sobs take over my body. I just do not understand how I could have let this happen, but somehow, I ended up in a speedway parking lot at 9pm, alone, sobbing into my hands. I should have ended things six months in when everything started, but it didn't start with the violence it ended with. The first time that things were ever bad was when we had been dating for six months. I had gotten a D on my Spanish exam, an exam I thought I had done really well on. I called Liam after school from the car, on the verge of tears. Kinda busy, what's going on? Liam said as he answered the phone. I did really bad on my Spanish exam. I thought I did really well, but I got a D. I know it dropped my grade a lot, and I'm just really upset. I needed to do well on that exam. I said, I was taking deep breaths to prevent myself from bursting into tears. Violet, I get bad grades all the time. It's not a big deal, he said with an indifferent tone in his voice. I just really wish you would empathize with me right now. It took all of my energy to keep from crying. Well, I'm busy, so I just don't care, he said. I hung up the phone without responding. Those were the words that would haunt me for the rest of our relationship. I don't care. Three words. Simple words. Haunting words. From that day on, any time I wanted to talk to Liam about anything that was upsetting me, the first thing I would wonder about was whether or not he would care about what was bothering me. He eventually apologized. He brought flowers to my front door, kissed me, told me he loved me, and for a while, everything was okay again. He made me believe that I was truly happy to be with him. So I stayed, and I hoped that he would remain the man that brought me flowers, the one that cared, or at least pretended to. But time passed, and things did not get any better. The relationship remained like a blanket weaved with I don't cares and empty I love yous, but I still believed that he would change after each apology. I was complacent, afraid of leaving, terrified to face the heartbreak that would follow 
and instead decided to spend every day heartbroken. The damage he caused remained in the form of words for most of the relationship, and I believed that it would stay this way, and I believed that I could handle it, but I was wrong. He was drunk when he hit me. We were walking home from a party. I was back from college for the summer, and the warm air stuck to our bodies as we laughed and listened to the crickets chirp. Violet, please stay the night with me, he pleaded for the fifth time. Liam, I'm sorry, but I have to work at seven tomorrow morning. You know this. I repeated the answer I had been giving all night. Please, he said, stopping on the sidewalk. No, I responded. I didn't realize he had stopped walking, so I continued to walk home. Violet, do not leave me here. Why would you do that? I just wanted to stay with you. Come back here right now. Please, he yelled in my direction. Scared and not wanting to fight, I walked towards him. When I got within arm's distance of him, he wrapped his hand around my wrist. I jerked my shoulder, trying to pull away from him, but his grip was tight. Liam, let me go. I said. My heart rate started to pick up. I am small. I knew he could overpower me. Come stay with me then, he muttered in an aggressive voice that he rarely used. No, I said, and I turned my toes away from him and snapped my arm down with all of my power, trying to get away from the man my boyfriend had become. My effort was useless, and in one snap, I felt my body weight fall into him. He turned me so I was looking at him. I could smell the alcohol in his breath, and in one swift motion, he slapped me under the eye. My cheek burned as the sting of his aggressive touch danced across my face. A tear fell from my eye, something that rarely happened. A look of regret instantly formed on his face, but I couldn't look at him. Get away from me. I never want to see you again. How could you do this to me? I yelled. I sprinted down the street to get some distance from him but I stopped when I didn't hear footfalls following me. I looked back, and I saw no one in the reflection of the street lamps, just the darkness of the night, which perfectly complemented the dark canyon his actions had left between us. After that night, I did not know if I would ever speak to him again. It was going to take effort, but I still went back. The next morning, I pulled into my driveway, and Liam was there, standing beside his bright green van. He was holding a suitcase. My heart stopped. This was his apology that always followed an argument. Liam, what's going on? I asked, my voice breaking. Violet, I am so sorry for everything I said and did last night. I have had this trip planned for us for a while. I know how you were always talking about wanting to travel, to leave Nevada, and I know this is not coming at the best time, considering everything I did, but please forgive me. He wore a look of sadness. Of course I forgive you, I said, falling for the gentleness of his blue eyes and soft smile. Hurry up and pack then. We leave at eleven, he said and kissed me. In a haste, I threw everything I would need for the weekend-long trip into a brown suitcase. The last thing I did before leaving was check the makeup I used to conceal the bruise under my eye. He couldn't know he had hurt me. The morning passed like a mirage of colors. We drove from our home in Nevada to Sedona, Arizona. 
We passed the sprawling landscape of red rock on our way to the hotel, and we laughed and sang to the words of American Pie, our song. But like always, he stopped caring. I was rummaging in my bag that evening when I realized I forgot a toothbrush. Liam, will you go with me to get a toothbrush? I asked. No. Why not? I was hurt by his stark response. Because I'm tired, and I don't want to. We are in a place that is completely unfamiliar to me, and I am nervous to go alone. Why can't you just come? He said nothing, and instead reclined onto the plush hotel bed. I don't know why I expected you to change, I muttered under my breath. What did you say to me? He asked. I could tell he was angry. Nothing has changed. Ever since that day you told me you do not care about me. You have not changed your behavior. It has just been a string of empty promises. I saw him stand up and move towards me in the same way he had that night before. But as he moved, something broke in me. I knew I needed to run away from the hotel in this relationship that was hurting me so badly. I opened the hotel door and ran towards the car with nothing but my keys and phone in hand. I hear a knocking on my window, and I quickly dry my eyes. They meet a stone-faced woman with dark hair who looks like she is about 40 years old. Can I use this pump? She asks. Yeah, sorry, I'll move, I say, pulling away to leave the gas station. As I get on the highway, I read a sign that says, Los Angeles, 480 miles. I do not know where I am going, but I don't care.